Hey, welcome to Talking in Stations. It's Matterall. I'm here with a gang from TIS. It's April 9th, and uh, we're just going to have a casual show today, talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. We'll get you a little bit of a war update because a lot of things happening uh, today and will be happening over the weekend. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, for now, I'd like to say welcome to Rundle. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, good evening, listeners, viewers, and fellow participants. All right, Tiberius is here with us. Hello, everybody. Sorry, I sound like terrible. <laughs> and uh, we have Gregorin here as well. How are you doing, Gregorin? Greetings, fellow Imperians. Which, that's it. No more Ashtarathis. Uh, we have one. <laughs> okay, uh, just looking at some stuff that came in uh, just a second ago. All right, I think the first thing to do is, well, actually, Rundle, you had some things in the news roundup that you wanted to talk about, like uh, some of the stuff going on with CCP. Like, Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, I don't think we covered it yesterday. Mm -hmm. If you're into skins... Uh, they have a, a Zakuria Shumiu skin. Um, you, you have to spend some money. It's Omega and Plex when you're buying Omega and Plex. So they got that special going on to the, the 12th of April. So just over the weekend. Um, so that's, you got to spend some money. Someone like Nick, who's got nothing but time and money could probably do something <laughs> like that. Um, then, uh, starting today as well. Uh, the Abyssal Proving Grounds, three versus three T1 Destroyer Combat. That starts this weekend. Uh, grab a couple friends, head on over, jump into the Proving Grounds, start having some fun there. Um, and these are all up on the EVE uh, news site. You can get the details there. Uh, Matterall's showing them on the screen there. Um, and then there's also the uh, Stream Dream Team 2, uh, where streamers and devs team up in the Proving Grounds. This is a little more of a free-for-all. If you wanted to shoot a shoot a CCP dev or one of the other streamers, um, this is the weekend to do it. So you should be able to uh, uh, different uh, be able to find your appropriate uh, dev. Like if you don't like Fozzy Sov, then hey, he's going to be out there. Go just uh, curb stomp him, right? Um, Suetonia nice. CCP Swift is making his uh, debut debut as CCP Swift. Uh, he'll be partnered up with Rain. Um, and on the website, it shows who's all partnering, right? So, so look at that. Um, yeah, there's the list there. Okay, so I've heard well, those are fun. Those are those can be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of an open uh, free for all. I got my money on. I don't go. I don't have to go any further than Suetonia and Fozzie. Both those guys are potent players. No kidding. Yeah. I don't even know. It, you know, Fozzie may have been playing while he is an FC, but he was a really good player when he was. A player, um, Suetonia is just uh, legendary. Yeah, I think these are all going to. Most of these are. Well, no, all of them are going to be pretty tough, right? Uh, Pando and Signal. Pando no. clearly knows what he's doing. Jebby guys... and Convict, though, that's going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Convict, every time we see one of those E pulses, he's blowing up. So. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he'll be. I don't know what his role will be. Maybe he's going to run Lodgy this time or something. Right. I don't know. And Jebby's hilarious, so that'll be fun to watch. And yeah. he's good. Yeah, Pando's, Pando's show today was interviewing CCP Convict and that new guy, CCP Swift. Yeah, that new guy, yeah. Swift. Yeah. That new guy, Swift. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that guy. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if he brings any value. He's on our CCP probationary list. and uh, Yeah. We'll give him a chance, though. 
I wonder yeah. how he's going to get the community to take him seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I still see him by his former alias here and there in various discords and around the internet. So I don't know. Maybe he hasn't fully transitioned yet to, so, uh, to, to CCP, Swift. CCP Swift is uh, Elise Randolph, who's well known to everybody and uh, was part of TIS. And we're uh, joking about him. That's what the inside joke is there. Yeah, a little bit of a... Yeah, uh, he, excellent player. Or Let's just be player. honest. Yeah, at least Randolph knows a lot about Eve and pretty much everything about every ship. Uh, master tactician. Uh, Rain is not a too much of a slouch either. So that I think these will all be formable, um, and I think they'll be fun to check out. Oh yeah, Rain and Swift. That's a fun team there. Uh, they're yeah. all good. This is uh, Amelia Duck Space. Is that the uh, PvP or low sec PvP? I think that is who that Amelia? is, yes. Yeah, it's a really good uh, pvp here. And Aurora is really good, too. I don't know, some good matchups. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, so if you want to go uh, take on these people, uh, just go over to the, the web there, uh, figure out how to participate, and uh, uh, grab it. I think it's in Destroyer uh, possible. Uh, sorry, I just lost my own train of thought as well. I just started looking <laughs> I got four hours of sleep last night. I'm so sorry. Yikes. All right. Well, thanks for that uh, bit of news there. You're welcome. Okay, let's go over to player news and check in on uh, the map and see what's going on. We'll investigate the map in general. First, we have to do the war report. Some stuff is happening in Delve and in other places. But let's go there now. Uh, Gregorian, what... He's going on Delve Aquarius area today. Well, today a Keepstar died in one of the two constellations known as Fake Aquarius. Okay, so that's uh, we'll go there now. We we call those constellations Fake Aquarius because while they're in Aquarius and you take regional gates into Delve to get into Delve from there. Uh, you have to pass through Delve to get to any other part of Aquarius from there. By regular gates. Right. Yeah. And so when you when you're talking about this, we've shown this before, but we'll do it again. Uh here's Aquarius and Delve's relationship. And you have Aquarius over here, quite separate from Delve, but then you have this arm that comes through here. And that arm is all Aquarius technically. But it sits right on top and even intersects Delve, which makes it fake Aquarius. More like real Delve, fake Aquarius. So what system was it in? YQX. Looking, looking, looking. There's YQX right here. Yep. All right. That Keepstar went down. It's pretty expensive. I was looking at that. $263 billion. And uh, compared to a couple other keep stars that fell recently, they were in the 245 range. That's awfully expensive too. But uh, at 265 uh, or 263, that keep star falls into the top 10 of all keep stars that have um, ever been destroyed. Yep. And uh, I think there was a Fortizar that fell just uh, about 20 minutes before the keep star fell as well. So. Uh, two quick uh, kills. The Fortizar was about uh, twenty-two billion, and then two hundred sixty-three billion on that on that Keepstar. 
Nice. Okay. Also, I think that, uh, let me check some information here. There was more this uh, weekend, right? I think at least three more. I, I think it was four total this weekend. Uh, and that's one down, three to go. So Let's have a look at this here map that uh, uh, Pappy uses, I think. Uh, wow, let's compare this to... I think there's some Satias going down. Let me have a look here. I have some information. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so... Sorry, gathering the news. It's all got to be synthesized before I go on air, and it wasn't this time. So this, I'm looking at it wholesale here, and there's just a lot of data. <clears throat> but I think there's a total of four keep stars going down this weekend. There's one today, I think maybe two tomorrow and one on Sunday or something. And also some Satios and uh, a few other big structures, uh, Tartar. I call them Tartaras, but Tataras. Uh, are going down as well. So they only look at the big stuff that's falling. There's thousands of little, thousands is figurative. It's There's many Astro Houses and uh, Anthonors and those kinds of things. But yeah, yeah, the two tomorrow are going to be in UEXO and BX Tech VEX. Yeah. There's some stuff in Hull right now in a PS9, which is up here. It's actually a former Karma Fleet headquarters right here uh sorry that's the wrong one ps9 is here so it's not former headquarters but in this place uh, you can see there's still some things left here if it's crossed out it's actually been cleaned out which means there's nothing left as far as big structures there might be smaller structures there but um here the 1k uh is keepstar and the um 1s is uh the satio and the 1T is the Totara, the mining platform. And then the FF is faction uh, Fortizar. So that's what these codes mean here. Uh, and uh, you can see in PS9, there's actually um, a Totara and a Satya that are going down over the weekend. Both those have T2 rigs. So expect those price tags to be pretty high as the rig can cost sometimes as much as the structure or about 60 to 80% the price of a structure. Uh, and those structures are very expensive, so we'll see what that comes to. Here's an example. Yeah, the yeah T two rigs for structures are often very expensive. Well, as you can see here, the T uh, two rigs uh, come to thirty one billion. The structure itself is that five billion. Uh huh. Oh, it's awfully cheap. Where's the core on this? There's no core. No coron. This must no, be an no, older one. one. But just to give you an example, those those rigs are actually super expensive. Many times the uh, the amount of the structure. I didn't know there was that much. I knew it was a lot. All right, let's go back to that map. So if we look around through Delve, uh, there is constellation is finished. That's what the big X is for. Constellation finished. So that's at least three or four where there all the big stuff has basically been cleaned out. Five, six. Oh, there's a couple here. Uh, it's they're really like burning through this stuff now. The uh, the pace and the cadence of the destruction in Delve has actually been increasing. Uh, we thought there might be some 
slowage where people try to pace themselves or relax or maybe um, maybe people actually get tired and stop showing up to fleets because these are structure bashes, largely uncontested. And those tend to be less fun than anything exciting where, you know, you're actually shooting other people and other ships. So, uh, but, uh, but our predictions of them slowing down, Pappy slowing down and getting tired or Pappy slowing down to pace themselves, not true. They seem to be speeding up and the uh, amount of wreckage that's going on is unbelievable. I heard that the other day when they attacked um, eight, oh, I can't see what's under here. Let me look on, uh, on the map because it's right here in Delve. Yeah, 8RQ. For some reason, I can never say 8RQ. Uh, 8RQ was the home or the industrial base for uh, TNT. Um, and when that was destroyed, pretty much we did live coverage of the Keepstar going down in that system. But Apparently, that was about, with all the other structures involved, in a very short time, about 500 billion ISK in damage to that whole area because it was a really well-built industrial park, basically. So think about that. 500 billion in one system is a huge, huge uh, loss. That said, we're talking about the Imperium, and that may not be a lot of money to them. It just depends on how much their mystery money black box is, how full it is. Uh, but we do know that uh, TNT, that's Tactical Narcotics Team, uh, got good use of that system for a long time. Okay, going back to that sheet one more time because this is going to be compared to, let's go back and compare that to what we had before. I just want to look at progress. Here's the uh, previous sheet. And let me just blow that up a little, and we can go back and forth on these two. Okay. What? They're different sizes, so I can't get them to be the same size. That sucks. Uh, that's the modern one. <clears throat> Are these the same? Well, maybe there's another one to go back to. Let's see. Yeah, that was the same one. Uh, let's go to this one here. Okay. Close that one out. That's closer. So this is before. This is after. Let's go back to before. You can see there's a ton of stuff uh, that was in 8RQ. And this whole area had a ton of stuff. Uh, again, this is the super industrial area. Uh, good space farming. And uh, this is where a lot of infrastructure was built uh, for the Imperium when they were in control of this entire area. And uh, this is where it's at now. And you can see these systems are completely cleaned out. Um, and these systems, I think, have keep stars now that belong to uh, Test and Legacy who are moving in. I believe more keep stars are on the way as well as they're starting to put in their infrastructure. Now, they have iHubs that have matured past 35 days, which means they can start putting in their own bridges. They can start controlling movement around the region and that allows them to uh, quick react in a defensive way to anything that is uh, trying to destroy their stuff. Uh, the opposite side, Imperium did have control of those bridges and the fast, um, you know, the fast lanes or the shortcuts and all that kind of thing to move around and defend their space, but those are largely lost. Uh, Imperium now it just resides in one constellation, which is right now intact. Uh, 
but soon we expect that to start coming down. Right now they're in the process of just leveling everything else. So four keep stars uh, in, in one weekend. Last weekend we had six and uh, that's just a ton. I think our last projections, we actually made an error when we said there were less than nine keep stars outside of 1DQ, incorrect. Outside of the constellation of 1DQ, there were uh, nine keep stars, we believe. But in that constellation, there's five in one system, the 1DQ, the capital system. But then there was like nine more, five more or four more in the constellation, which puts the overall amount as of last weekend at like some 25 keep stars in that area. I don't have the exact number on me. But um, the numbers of keep stars are coming down. So that big wall, what was that website, Gregorian? Do you know what it's called? Uh, me bro or something that one i don't know its official name but i know which one you're talking about come at me bro eve online let's see if that pops up no way i'll never find it with that title <laughs> yeah i'll never find it somebody has it i'll take it but i don't know anyway it was uh, uh that one the one with all the keep stars with the the pappy head that pops up yeah, it was interactive. Yeah. So, but I I don't I don't have it at quick access at my fingertips. All right, let's look at uh, there's this timer board too that we look at to kind of get an idea of like how much stuff is uh, going to be attacked. By the way, have they taken out any keep stars in the catch yet? I've lost track. Uh, I don't think any keep stars have gone down. Uh there was a faction Fortizar that went down today. There have been a couple of other faction Fortizars this week. Yeah, didn't something get scooped? I think uh, I think a Keepstar got removed from the the east. I, it might have been Omist, I think, or something. There's a Keepstar that's removed. Uh, right, that's uh, yeah, that wasn't on my radar. Yeah, something got scooped. I think it was a Keepstar. Um, hello. Looking for questions now or comments from staff. Sorry, yeah, from there was, uh, you're talking in catch, right? Because there was a there was a faction for Desire lost by Brave in catch. Yeah, yeah, that was lost. Uh, I think I remember that one, but I I think a Keepstar was picked up or saved ah, okay. or moved. I'm gonna have to find out. So don't quote me on that. I'll find out. Ah, oh, the road so far, Bergman, Burgerman, thank you. Here it is. Let's put that up there. So it was not called Come At Me, Bro. It was called The the Road So Far. And it's a little meme-y thing, uh, but it does inform you, which is why we're showing it. And these are the um, actual keep stars that Imperium possessed. And if you... Uh, if you look, there's a lot of red there. Those reds are actually destroyed. The yellows are in the process of being destroyed. They are in reinforce. Uh, and uh, the green ones, uh, most of those green ones are in the uh, 1DQ constellation, not necessarily the, the system. But these five are in the system itself. Yeah, to your credit, it does say come at me road at the bottom there. So you had that. You did remember that. That's the meme. Uh, the, yeah. But this is something else. Oh, also, if you roll over, then these little uh, tests, um, test horde combination characters pop up and start wiggling around. 
uh, which you can remove with a... Yeah, that's... Not only do they have Test and Horde, but that's also the, the hat from the NC skeleton, oh. and I think there's something from PL's Phage, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a whole combination for Pat. Yeah. It's as combination of as much as they could get. So Maury Sith says, wow, I still can't believe this. There was a time when most of... Oops. Sorry. Lost track of it. There was a, there there was was a, a time point when, in time yeah, yeah, when most of Eve thought that the Imperium had won Eve. So that uh, it was kind of a widespread thought. Oh, Imperium, goons, they've won. They control everything. They're the yeah, they had they're, the, they're end game. They had the better idea for a while. Uh, then the game changes. And then you have to come up with a new idea. Basically, they, uh, for instance, uh, for a long time, they were uh, a group that basically said, we don't like renting. We're not going to rent. We don't like that idea. It's terrible. We like the more sophisticated stuff like uh, OTEC, like... Uh, figuring out what the bottleneck in industry is and then uh, a- attacking it and owning it and therefore forming a-, a monopoly like OPEC, right, for fuel. But in EVE, it was OTEC for technetium or technetium, depending on how you say it. And that was kind of neat. It was It had reflections in the real world and and that was a way of making a lot of money, also showing soft power and hard power and it just had a lot of attraction to it and imperium didn't like the uncouth extortion racket or the renting which is kind of the same thing two sides of the same coin Uh, but renting paid a lot Uh, i think uh, elise actually told us that they were making uh considerable multi-billions maybe even trillions like uh, a month in renting it was an unbelievably high number that renting was uh was bringing in so that model was working um but the cfc had enough money at the time cfc the imperium now to you know defend themselves at a certain point uh gambling money was actually politicized which was unusual normally gambling money want to keep a low profile they don't get political they just want money uh, but a situation erupted in 2016, and uh, there was a really, a really, really wealthy I want isk ba- uh, gambling website that uh, decided to use their money in a political way, which was to attack their enemy. And and for a while, that won the day, until that whole sector of the game, the gambling sector, was outlawed and banned by CCP. At that point, you had the Imperium's model, which was get a lot of people, secure your space, and uh, manufacture like crazy. That became the dominant way of life. Empire building, we called it. And that has been true for the last three and a half years. So every era has a formula, a winning formula. So you can say PL1 Eve at a certain point, or uh, Goon Swarm won Eve at a certain point. But when the formula changes, they have to stay on top of that change, or they uh, are are subject to uh, natural selection, I guess. 
And, and in fairness uh, to some comments in the in the channel, uh, that's a null sec block view of Eve. There's winning in other areas. Uh, snuffed out could be said to be winning low sec because they can, um, you know, form and 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 uh, retaliate against anyone everywhere. Uh, you know, anywhere in low sec that they want. Um, there's high sec. Uh, you know, uh, TTT. Might could be said winning the high sec alternative market space. You know, all, there, it depends how you want to play Eve, how you want to slice it. Um, null sec tends to be one of the major engines of of the economy and of change in Eve, so it, it does tend to get kind of uh, a, a little extra attention. But um, I myself, I think, matter all the same. Like, there's all sorts of ways. There's no right or wrong way for this game, but I shouldn't speak for Matterall. Um, but no, when people say, oh, they've, they've won Eve, that is clearly like in a certain circle winning, but the winning formula becomes the most dominant, creates the most dominant alliance. And in a sense, they push weight wherever they want to. If they want to come in on high sec, they can cause turmoil and nobody can answer that. Just queue up Bernjita or uh, Galente right. ice interdiction. Uh, if they want to, uh, come in and take over the uh, offshoring inside of uh, Forge, where they get tax money because everybody buys stuff through their cheaper structure, in comes uh, a dominant group like uh, Legacy and Horde, where Horde actually had that for a long time, and then Legacy challenged them for it, and then they made a deal to share the profits. So in some ways, they do carry the rest of the game with it as far as dominance, because there's nothing they can't dominate if they want to, there's just lots of different ecosystems. So you can win in one way, but we're talking about dominant theory crafting of gameplay. So at one point, um, Pandemic Legion was dominating this game because they were so efficient at traveling that they could move their capital fleet across the entire map in like 30 minutes or less, maybe even less than that. There was no jump fatigue. And uh, they amassed such a web of Sinos and efficiency at moving themselves that they could quick deploy anywhere. And so with tie-dye mixed into that, they could really spoil any fight any way they wanted to. They would won that era. And you had uh, the devs come out and say, look, the players have just solved the game right now with the wrecking ball. That's when you could drone assist, take your drones, Attach him to a different pilot and say, assist that pilot wherever he shoots, you shoot. And when you have thousands of drones doing that, you basically have an instant death button that that person that is receiving all those drone fires, uh, it's an instant death button for him to push on whoever. And he could just alpha one after another. And in order for them to stop that, it was literally like a death star. So it's a ball of just incredible amount of firepower. But the only way to stop that was to destroy the ball, except the ball was made out of capital ships, which are incredibly hard. And they were self-repairing. They were spider tanked, which means they were like a web, all healing each other. So you were healing one person, two people were healing you, and together, and giving you a capacitor, and together that was indestructible. So you have an indestructible fleet that has a Death Star death ray, basically. And so that was a solve, and CCP had to look at that and say, no more drone assist, past five drones or something like that. And they had I think it's 50. 50 drones, yeah. They nerfed that out, 
and they had to basically start nerfing that gameplay uh, because it was solved. They actually came out and say the players have solved fast travel, so we have to put in jump fatigue. Jump. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember those fleets. Those were, uh, you know, it's funny. I I had a carrier stuck off in in stain from my AAA days, and I rescued it. Uh, I don't know about a year ago, maybe nine months ago, and it was still uh, fit for spider tank. Uh, <laughs> it was. I I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. The reps on the highs and the capacitors and lots of capacitors in your in your low slots, uh, mid slots for cap generation, shields and yeah, um, even uh, sentry drones. Even though it wasn't even fighters, just sentry drones. Just pop them and assist and yeah. Those were that was also during the days of uh combat refitting, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you could refit on the fly depending upon if you're getting primaried or um anything else of the sort, depending upon yes. what you're doing. Yeah, I remember one time when an old I was roaming with some corp mates a while ago. I think it was over a year now and we were in Amuake, so one of us who was an old PL guy years earlier just pulled a Pantheon carrier out of the the NPC station there. Yeah, That was interesting. It did not hold up well in the current way that carriers are used, but it was interesting to see uh, something that old to show up. All right. Kind of got stuck on that screen. I forgot that it was up, but... Uh... There it was. Um, okay, so let's just finish up this section by saying a lot more destruction this weekend. The cadence of destruction has gone up. Delve is in the throes of collapse, but 1DQ remains. It's very powerful with thousands of players in there, literally, uh, with an incredible arsenal uh, at their disposal. We're looking at a showdown in a few months, but probably less than two months maybe about a month from now. Uh, we, we can't put a timetable on it because the, the pace totally depends on fleet commanders and their their cadence and that sort of thing. Yeah. So It, it looks like uh, the, the last Keepstar outside of 1DQ, will, I mean, outside of the Constellation, will be destroyed probably around two weeks from now. And then we'll have to see how long it how how long uh, the fight over the constellation lasts and that could take a long time because again it's very well fortified it's very defensible uh, with as many people as they have there i really don't see and i open this question up to you guys i don't see in in my estimation any moment where imperium starts to like crack and have chunks fly off it like in other words people leave in droves uh, and they still have a lot of people so i thought that maybe pappy was hoping to have that moment by now because they assumed a lot of the people were just there for the money and the riches and so once that disappeared and it was no fun and they weren't able to make build wealth like they could before 
that that would be something that would make people just leave the Imperium. But that was a misunderstanding of the people who are in the Imperium. Uh, on the other hand, there are people that can probably still mine and rat in relative peace because everybody's busy in Delve, this area, or in Catch and Legacy area. But everybody has alts that lives here. So maybe those alts are having a free pass doing stuff, uh, earning money, earning ISK outside of Delve, and there's no real pressure to leave. Why would they leave? They're still able to rat just away from this area through a jump clone. What do you guys think of any of that? Well, uh, go ahead, Gregory. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I would not expect a huge amount to leave all at once. There have been every so often you you see a few people leaving, but it's not happening all at once, and I don't, don't expect that to change. Yeah, yeah and I think I, I don't I don't think we're at that point yet. I I, I think um, that if that event will occur, it will be after the events of one DQ and the one DQ constellation, because there's still the majority. I've said this before: the people who wanted to leave because the majority of the delve that they played in is not where they can play. They've already moved on. They've taken their, their, their gameplay that was appropriate for there and, and, and substituted it for somewhere else. The people who are left, or at least the characters or uh, of the people are in the PVP mindset. So they're just waiting. They are, they are doing the things and they're there because it's engaging and fun gameplay. And they're good at it. And they have, they have you know, kind of the moral support of each other to fight with. And there's lots of good fights. And they're, like, they're a big, big group of people. They got some great pilots. And, um, you know, they're still fun to be had. I think, bottom line, they're still fun to be had for them. Once that ends, if it ends, is when the real cracks, I think, will start forming. Right now, it's still in a I can play and have fun mode. Once they go to, you know, if they go to NPC Delve, that becomes a completely different style of play. It, it, it has its own challenges and its own problems, and it makes it harder to move around. You can have jump clones and you have alts and you can do all that. But the amount of PvP and the style of PvP will drastically change when that happens. And there'll be people who won't be interested in that style of, of play. More small gangs, maybe a little more piratey, black, you know, black ops uh, you know, dropping on people, except stuff like that. It changes dramatically when the events of 1DQ and that constellation um, come to a closure. And so I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, one of the things about the constellation that'll ma that makes it easier to defend is if you look at the shape of it, uh, there's this dead-end area that you can only get into. The only gates into this dead-end area are in 1DQ itself. So for Intosis fights... Uh, Pappy will have to probably move fleets through 1DQ for Entosis. Well, that's what the back door, that's what the, the you know, the fake Quarius, fake Delve, whatever you want to call it, is so important, right? Because that is, that is a pathway, at least in, um, to part of that, that system um, in, in the 3-D uh, and N-8. And so you can put pressure on 1DQ from a couple locations, but yeah, those that back end of that uh, you have to go through because um, you're not going to be jumping in. It's all still sino jammed and locked down, unless there's a way that you can get around that uh, and get the get into those systems and 
and somehow break those. Uh, if that ever happens, then that's uh, that'll be a you know that'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out, right? It, imagine if you could get into three D and somehow break a Sinojam and uh, YTACO or something. I mean, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, fake queries will definitely see some fighting, but if Pappy can't get into uh, systems like YTACO and 8WA, uh, then uh, it'll be very hard to take any iHubs in the constellation, even for 3TAC-D and ntac 8 because even if you just focus on the, the nodes outside of 1DQ itself for Entosis fights, you still have the majority of Delve is behind 1DQ. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. The, the challenge is there for sure. No, no two ways about it. Okay, uh, just a quick comment, then we'll move on to a question that was asked. Uh, and we'll get to that question in just a second. But there was a nice comment here I thought it was interesting. Uh, and it's mostly the uh, logic of the guy one. He says, uh, however, goons hate to be one of the goon weaknesses is they hate to be restricted. They don't like being restricted. I thought that was interesting. He goes on to say, keep them in there as long as possible and restrict as long as possible. And he said the mistake would be to try to run them out and try to evict them. And I have heard that thinking that uh, they're still strong, the morale's still high. If for some reason they are overrun because technically the game works against them for whatever reason, like M2 worked against Pappy, or if there is a considerable retreat and their morale is still high, I think their options are probably better than if they are isolated over a long period of time. But then again, remember, with jump clones, you're not really stuck in 1DQ. Your stuff's stuck there, but you can still go and play a whole different game and you can uh, still have fun even with the same people. So yeah, I think that's the sounds like the strategy. I mean, total tin tin foil hat here. But if you could replicate the the structures of T five Z in N TAC eight, right? You, that means you've probably taken three TAC D, and now you have N TAC eight Y E T, just like T five Z, and you have a jump, you have a ansiplex between the two, and you got keep stars, and you got equal numbers of people on either side. What the hell do you do if you're in one DQ? Because either gate out is right into the same, you know, pile of people on either side, um, and they can they can easily move back and forth th- through an ansplex, for example, uh, bypassing one DQ. Uh, at, when I look at a map like that, that's I, I see that sort of. Holy crap! If that happens, that's a serious. That's a cage. You would literally have locked them in that cage. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, the Ansiblex route right now because I'm not currently in game and they change it a lot to get to... Basically, they change it whenever they need a shorter route to the next Keepstar that's going down. Uh, right. But it in the past, it the Ansiblex route has gone to systems in Fake Quarius. It, it's right. gone a number of places. Yeah. I think today, yeah, I think right now it's pointing, yeah, it's pointing somewhere that was supported the events for today. Yeah, I, I remember for tomorrow, etc. Right. It was QY one. 
of the furthest out system in fake Aquarius from one DQ for a while longer than any other system. I don't know where it goes now though. So here's a, a couple questions. One is, Oh, Ron's out there. Hey Ron, how's it going? If you want to jump in, uh, feel free. We'd like to debrief you on the stuff that you've been showing today. Shoot a keep star kill today. Uh, three different Titan groups. I was watching that. And it's always good to see you, Ron. Love your music. Um, but let's go ahead and answer this question. Will Pappy break up after the war? This is one of two questions we'll explore in the next few minutes. And uh, I want to see if you guys have like a hot take on when Pappy will disband or if they'll disband or what the post-war looks like if there's a post-war outlook. And again, Imperium can still win this, so it's not a it's not concluded yet. Well, uh, I... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't expect uh, Pappy to stay together uh, longer than is necessary to defeat the Imperium. I mean, well... Obviously, well, my guess is that once uh, PanFam leadership has decided that we've won, we're going to... I'm I'm in PanFam, and I'm expecting that once our leadership has decided that we've won, like, I personally do expect to eventually win. I don't know how long it'll take, but eventually. Uh, we, we will uh, have some move ops home, and then... Uh, not shoot Udat Legacy for long enough to get everyone's stuff where it needs to be, and then ha- even if we don't go straight to war with Legacy, we we will not be not shooting each other. We might not focus on war with each other, but I expect uh, isn't that less a, friendly? Yeah, isn't that a Serenity situation? They call it where. Basically, there's one group that dominates the whole server. And yeah, I do not expect that to happen. What's the difference if everybody uh, gangs up on Imperium? Well, uh, Panfem traditionally doesn't like peace, if you get what I'm saying, and doesn't really make a permanent uh, diplomatic agreements outside the coalition. Mm. So. Right. Yeah, I think uh, like, I think I think war typically. I think jumping in, Gregorian, sorry, is is war tends to in Eve right now tends to be focused around uh, solve and 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 owning space. I think there's a, a big difference between war and combat um, and hostilities, right? Those sorts of things. And I think that's where Gregorian is going, right? Is you know, Panfam probably won't go and try and encroach on each other's space. Uh, we'll live kind of close by each other and go in and have fights and, and try to disrupt and do different things and have combat and hostilities. But I, I don't see any, um, you know, any, any, you know, encroachment on space. There's been too much work, at least not for a year or two, because there's been a lot of work on all sides and there's going to have to be some, you know, rebuilding, right? Even in, in human history, right? Even after the great wars, there's, there's a little bit of recovery time needed, right? There needs to be some rebuilding of some sort. And I think everyone recognizes that. Plus, there's always the specter, you know, again, removal of, of the Imperium is, you know, we can't take their accounts away from them. We can't make them not log in. So there's always that vigilance that's required. 
um, if if you listen to and and think what Pappy leadership are saying is the way that they want to go long term, right? And so, you know, are you blue to each other anymore? A lot of the blue on Pappy's side is is temporary as it is anyway. So, um, you know, but what's the definition of temporary? Temporary until the objectives are met, and then we go back to uh, aggression, but not necessarily war. All right. What do you think of um, what do you think of wind conditions? We've gone through this, and we do this periodically because everything refocuses every few weeks and stuff. But there's been a lot of talk about there are no wind conditions from Pappy's side. They will stop fighting when they say they're ready to stop fighting. So they have not put any lines in the sands, let's say, to say when we cross that line, we win. And they do that strategically because they don't want to be held to any standard on what the win is. So the win is when they say it is. Yeah, Interesting. The, the, yeah, the minimum thing that was declared was in Galvin's town hall in October, he mentioned that it would be no less than removing the the GOTG faction Fortisars from 1DQ. Oh, interesting. And then why would it be that? You know? Because those uh, represent something very, uh, uh, that was very significant to Panfam that uh, uh, Sword Dragons guys uh, made us a deal with the Imperium that they would no, not be attacked and if they gave up their faction Fortazars, and then uh, so uh, yeah, the Imperium's offensive went straight against Horde instead. Well, you got it. It's the uh, if you've ever heard of the deal, it was um, the Imperium was marching on the north and having success, and it looked bad for the north because the game servers were really freaky at the time and just not allowing big fights to happen. And so when the two groups would collide, um, the servers would just go nuts and disconnect constantly. And so everybody was just wrestling with disconnects and it just wasn't fun. Uh, and so, but it was clear that the tie was going to go to the Imperium as they were moving up, even though they lost one major fight that was again, his book fight at the time. Um, it was like a record fight until, until recently M2 beat it. Um, but they lost the objective in that one, but it was clear that the writing was on the wall if without server stability, there was no uh, win for the uh, the Northern groups, which at that point were NCPL uh, and Guardians of the Galaxies or, or the Dead Coalition, as they were called. They called themselves that. And so the overrun started to happen over time. And Sort Dragon thought, well, let me buy some time for me and my friends. And so... He said, I'll make a deal with the Imperium. I'll pay you off. I will literally pay you off like the barbarians, right? Like I didn't Romans buy off barbarians saying, look, we'll give you money. Just don't thrash everything and go back to where you came from. That's more complicated. Okay. Historical. Um, so Sword Dragon gave them 40 faction Fortisars and Imperium was like, okay, you have a ceasefire for a certain amount of time and your friends too, but their ceasefire ends early and yours uh, is like six months. Their ceasefire is like one month. 
And Sword Dragon thought like, this was a good deal. I stopped their momentum. They were going to overrun us. And I bought time for all of us, not just myself. But that angered the North, uh, especially Horde thought that was a terrible, humiliating decision. And later, uh, months later, the North rose up against Sword Dragon for making that deal. At first, NC Dot was like, we're not involved. You guys fight it out. You know, Horde and uh, Guardian, um, Dead Coalition. Uh, but then after a while, um, NC jumped in and they, I don't know if they picked a side for a while, but eventually they ended up being a part of it. Fraternity actually joined Horde, and that was the first time Panda Fam came together. So they had, uh, what was it called that before? It was, yeah, it was Panda Fam before, no, it was Pan Fam before, Pandemic Legion Family, which is Pandemic Legion, Horde, NC Dot, that's the Pan Fam, Uncle NC Dot, and Baby Horde, and Pandemic Legion. And then when uh, Fraternity joined, their image is a panda, so it became Panda Fam. That's how they got their name. And they marched. Once Panda Fam joined, it was over for the Australian time zone, Chinese time zone, dead coalition, because now you had Fraternity able to destroy them in their own time zone. And there's just no winning after that. So that whole thing collapsed, and uh, Sword Dragon uh, left the game for a while. Yeah, that was right as I was get starting out as a in Horde. I'd been around for uh, most of the previous year, but Horde, that was right as I was new to Horde was when uh was the end of that war when uh, a couple weeks after I joined Horde was when Fraternity joined. The term Panda Fam had been around for a while. I'd been but that's when it, yeah that's when it really took hold there was actually a political and diplomatic struggle behind the scenes uh at this time who was going to capture this exciting new chinese coalition uh the winter coalition who would they ally with would they fight russians because that was the best content in their time zone would there be a chinese russian war deep into the Australian time zone where nobody else was participating. And it was a lot of excitement for this new arrival of a lot of um, Chinese players. And uh, Sort Dragon himself was trying very hard to court those people uh, because it, he knew that if he didn't capture them uh, to deprive them of going to other places like helping out Imperium or helping out NC Dot or PL, that it would spell the end of his power base and his power base was australian time zone because that's when he played and uh he there was a courting going on between like ncpl or they were courting fraternity being friendly with them talking with them uh, so was sort dragon and there was a lot of like ambiguity where was fraternity after they finished their war with legacy going to end up which side were they going to be on and i think they were I think there was a big courtship going on at that point. A lot of signals were being sent, structures being put down in places and with eyebrows raised, like, what's that mean? What's the meaning of that? And uh, eventually it worked out that Fraternity would join with Horde and uh, the rest of PL and NC Dot, and, and that was the doom of sorts. So his fear came true. Yeah, that the big uh, turning point was when uh, b both... Uh, Pan Fam and Winter Coalition uh, lost wars that 
resulted in them consolidating together in the drone regions. Like uh, the Panfam got uh, driven out of Tribute and that those places, while Winter Coalition got driven out of uh, further south regions like Deterid into the drone regions. And that was when uh, they really came together as, despite still technically being separate coalitions, uh, very closely allied. Right. So what happened with that deal was it created a lot of anger and animosity, enough to actually get uh, sort attacked for that sort of a thing. And no pun intended. Uh, those Fortazars were all put up as trophies in 1DQ. So all those Fortazars encircle the keep stars. And it's like, you know, skulls on pikes around the gates of the empire. There were trophies put up. And so I think Horde has a special place for those trophies. Uh, they destroyed the guy that gave them up as a sign of disgrace. And uh, they still see those trophies as a disgrace and they're going to destroy them. And they're probably, that's probably what the inside story is on Gobbin saying, we're going to do 1DQ for sure. We're going to take those faction Fortazars down. Uh, and then who knows what? Does Pappy continue after that? We don't know. Yeah, it is worth it. Yeah, when we talked about uh, the growing Chinese community, it is worth pointing out that while m most of the growth in fraternities player ba base did come from the migrations from the Serenity server, fraternity did not itself originate in Serenity. And uh, I don't think uh, Noros has ever played on Serenity. If I recall correctly. No, no he hasn't. Um, okay, so that's why 1DQ is important, and that's what we were talking about. <clears throat> is 1DQ enough to satisfy them? And uh, you will hear over and over again, there are no win conditions on the Pappy side. As far as the Imperium side, are there win conditions there? On the... Well... How does the Imperium declare winning this war? Yeah, I, I think... I, I think I've I said it before and I still believe it. It's the it's the um, I don't know how to say the, the sanctity of their of their people, right? The the they stay together as as Imperium. The goons live. That's it's not about space because their 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 um, their narrative has changed a little bit, but there has always been a bit of a constant. You know, we can go wherever, and as long as I can play with my friends and play with the fellow goons and Imperium, then you know that's, we'll just that's we'll live on. Damage control there, right? It's setting expectations as a backstop, and they've been doing that quite a bit. It's called moving the goalpost to some people, but I consider it more like cushioning the rhetorical backstop of the next. But you space. asked what what could be a win condition, no, and what, I what think is their that, win condition? It. What do we know? Is there a win condition? Is there one that's publicly stated? No, not that I've seen. I, I, I don't. They their win condition is fight to the end, and we'll you, you can't kill us. We'll we'll hold one DQ. So you know, if you want to say their win condition is uh, Pappy fails at taking one DQ, then no, Imperium I, wins. I think their win condition is public. They said test is next. 
it's a hell war against test. So a win condition for Imperium is to defeat test and to crush him into dust and to really do to them what test wants to do to Imperium. Yeah, that that is why their uh, public rhetoric has been trying to characterize Pappy as doing the villain. The, the bidding of test and Villy in particular, even because they want it to be entirely about test kind of like how they they didn't like the name world war B because it, that made it about them and not the coalition in general. So defiant says no matter all that's after the war. Although they did say it at the very beginning of the war, maybe he has a point. Maybe it's like, we're going to survive this war guys. And then after we survive it, then we're going to kill Test. But I don't remember that rhetoric coming out like that. I think their rhetoric was Test is next on July 5th when this war started. Right from the start. They didn't say, let's survive this and then kill Test. They were like, let's, we're going to kill Test. They're next. Because we already killed everybody else. We already killed Bob. We already killed uh, Sort Dragon or whoever. We already killed everybody else. Test is the people that we're going they've after. A, they've applied was- the the phrase test is next to mean a few different things. Like for a while they were saying that it meant that when the war was over, uh, uh, that Panfam would, uh, stab test in the back. Really? I didn't hear it that way. It seemed very action oriented. Like test is next. We're going after them. And they did. They went they right into ages. What's they that? haven't said that in ages, though. That it's the that same was... thing as 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 goalpost and herfblurf, and oh, of course, oh, you're going to come. F- you know, if someone's going to challenge you to the fight, the first thing you say is, "Yeah, I'm going to, you know, kick your dick in the dirt." Right? That's the, <laughs> that's the response, right? If you're Imperium, we're going to fight you. No, screw you. We're going to fight you. We're going. It's just the. Exa- of course, they're going to say that. But now, when is the last time they've said, huh, by the way, just give us a, you know, a couple more months and we're going to kick the shit out of Tess? Well, that heard... hasn't been said any time no, ever. But you hear it a different way. You hear it, you know, PanFam's going to break up after they can't beat us. And once they break up, we're going to take it to Tess. Like, we're going to take out Tess. I don't yeah. know. You're right. Things have changed. So we don't know. But it seems like um, their idea is to survive in 1DQ, not to be driven out. That's... Maybe that's a win condition. At that point, they've won. But what have they won? A stalemate? You know, you're in a safe room and somebody else is living in your house. That's not any way to live. So there has to be a win condition of we have to purge them from our territories. And then at that point, do you declare a win? Like we've gotten our territories back and the invaders have stopped. We won this war. I guess that could definitely be a win. But I don't know if that's yeah, their that, win condition. That would be the. I think uh, that that seems like the win that they they're trying to most uh, have people expect. Yeah. All right. Last question: the one that we were going to get to was uh, Blob Warfare. What do we think of that? Uh, it depends how you define Blob, right? You talk to a low secker like you had. Uh, the, the guy on the other night, uh, to him, a blob is 50 or more players, right? Uh, I think for me, um, being in fleets of 200 is quite quite enjoyable. I like it. Uh, fleets 3, 400, 800, 1,000, I enjoy it. As long as the server keeps up, I enjoy it. Um, now, you know, uh, 1,000 people dropping on a group of 100, uh, it's fun if you're the 1,000, not fun if you're the 100, but... Um, 
yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I think I enjoy it. Test is yeah. next in the green room is what I just read. And I was like, oops, Ron's here. How you doing, Ron, USMC? Good, good. Yeah, I was walking by and I, I heard test is next, test is next. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know. So I yeah, I'm here. <laughs> What's the wind condition for Imperium? Well, I think for Imperium, it's about survival, right? Um, it's just about their ability to play the game, you know, and uh, I think it's a, a it's a low bar, and I think that's cool, right? They're just defending. They're going to lose all their Sov, cool. But, uh, you know, how strong can they stay, right, as they move along? Do you really think that they would stay? And, Rundle, that's what you said too, right, surviving? Yes. What? So do you think staying in 1DQ is um, – I mean, if they just survived, at what point do they say, we did it, we've reached our, we, or we have survived this whole thing? Like, at what point do you say that? Because it just seems like they're really locked in a permanent conflict if Tess lives all around 1DQ. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be about uh, when they decide they don't want to be the safari, right? As the PL safari. used to call it. And... You know, for them, it'll be, well, you know, we could, you know, maintain this until 2070, but we're not going to because we don't need to, and then just move along. Yeah, when you said the safari, I thought of how a lot of people treated Providence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And they found the idea that people wanted them to stay around just so that you'd have a little group to shoot at to be quite offensive which is understandable. And that's part of the reason why when they made the ceasefire with Wrecking Crew, they used that time to move out instead of try to rebuild in Providence. Hmm. Well, uh, Ron, what's your assessment of uh, everything so far? You're watching it every day. How have you seen it progress? How has this war changed over time? I think it has gone from a normal war into something that is highly unpredictable, right? Because we've never seen a war this long. We've never seen a war this big. You know, we've, everything is, you know, kind of new ground, uh, which is great for us, you know, talking about it and, and all of that and all of the interesting situations. And I think unwinding it, you know, will probably, you know, be a year afterwards um, of all of you know, the sort of moves and counter moves and things that we didn't know about. Um, but, you know, I, I see the M2 part two, you know, as the sort of the, the smack in the face, you know, kind of knocked us down. And then, you know, a couple of weeks and we start to ramp back up and uh, now we're going at a, a fever pitch. Yeah, it seems like it's really sped up. Uh, what kind of resistance are you facing? So, for the keep stars, not much. Um, for the upcoming keep stars, iHub. Um, last night, you know, they made a play on an iHub. So, you know, we formed for that. You know, initiative over on the in catch, they're hitting keep stars, and we're defending those. Um, it, it's a lot of sort of future, you know, um, jammers being hit in iHubs and that sort of thing. But other than that, um, not much around the Keepstars themselves. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, our last question, Ron, maybe you can help us out with this one is, uh, somebody asked this earlier and what do we think of, uh, uh, what is it? Well, N plus one blobbing. Yeah. I mean, the way the mechanics are in the game, it's, that's just sort of the game. Right. And I think, you know, in the beginning, like I, I talked to, when I was talking to Grath Telkin about this, you know, in the beginning, when you just look at the numbers, if all the sides stay the same, you know, sort of, around the numbers, um, that, you know, Imperium would lose, right? Just, it's an N plus one game, and they might be able to pull off some plays here and there, um, but in the end, you know, 40 people um, can't defend against 100 people. So, you know... I think, you know, for them, it's about maintaining morale and, uh, you know, keeping their people wanting to log in and having some fun. But no one can take away the fact that they fought as hard as you could, right? Like, I mean, they've fought, you know, really well throughout yeah. the whole war. So NC and you PL. just can't take that away from them. Yeah, NC and PL, in contrast, didn't fight. They fought once and they basically had a Keepstar attack behind them. And they're like, we're not getting trapped here. So they backed out totally left the area and it was unceremoniously just abandoned and destroyed. In fact, two out of, or three out of the top 10 most expensive keep stars were actually in tribute in that area veil. So it was a big loss. And they didn't, they didn't really put up a fight. I think they were overwhelmed by too many Titans. Yeah. And remember World War B, right? That was basically kind of one big fight and then it was, it was over. Yeah. Two fights and over. Then they retreated mm -hmm. to Serenin, I think. Uh, and, I mean, they, 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 I wouldn't say the Imperium has retreated this war, but they have been backstepping a lot, haven't they? It appears that way. Yeah, I mean, they don't really, they don't really have a choice, right? So it's, they're putting up their fences and then, you know, the, the, the angry horde <laughs> is beating on the fences and now the fence starts to crumble so they build another fence right behind it so just trying to slow down you know the process and uh punish us you know as we continue on which is you know completely reasonable it's it's just so different for everyone because we've never seen anything this big or you know like this valuable i guess right like you're talking about you know, three, four, five regions, and it's just massive. Yeah, isn't it crazy how we're, um, like, how much damage has been done in this war already? I think it dwarfs other wars by far, if you think of the ancient wars by far. But um, it's still the feels duration. Like, yeah. The yep. duration remember, is what gets me, right? The, well, the Winter War was not, long, too. It was a year long. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't have. That's only the second time, right? It's not like this is the norm, right? So we're on nine months. The, well, let me add, let me add lib then a little bit on that. The duration mm -hmm. coupled with the volume of of uh, of loss, right, in terms of structures and stuff. The Winter War, different type of fighting, different type of uh, content. It was long, but I'm not sure it was even close to this much fighting and and loss and ships and and uh, you know tights and keep stars and all that stuff, right? So. Um, nine months. It's if you just kind of look. I, I I think we go longer than the Winter War, 
I, I don't think we're done until August, September. I know a lot of people are like, well, two months, you know, no, no, two months, something might start, but it's going to take a while to do. I, I think this goes it, at least to the end of summer, if not to the end of 2021. I think it'll be a very, very long war till either side says, all right, now we're the end of the war before anyone says this is it. Yeah. I don't know if you I know. think we got a couple of months. That's about it. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. You heard, uh, you heard Kenneth on uh, when he was talking to Brisk and uh, Matani on the Meta Show the other day. He was talking about industrial things, but then they turned their attention to the war. And there you had Dunk and Kenneth on the same side of opposite of Brisk and Matani. And uh, Kenneth basically said, six months, a year, doesn't matter. I'll be here. I'm here to the end. And he was making that point. They're dedicated to see this through however long it takes, even if it's another year. Uh, but Ron, you just said two months. Like, is that what you're expecting? I'm I'm expecting like two three months. I mean, it, you know, it's still another you know two to three weeks ish before we start pushing on one DQ. But uh, you know, how long will that last? Right? I mean, could it last a month, two months? Eh, you know, it, it's it gets to the point where. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's just, it's unpredictable. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, a couple of months on one system. Like, if they keep fighting, we will keep fighting, right? Um, so if they keep defending, we will keep hitting them. And if they stop defending, then we'll start hitting their structures. And, you know, and then that'll be that. What if they were to, uh, this would be completely unforeseen, but like, Say we want terms. We want terms of a surrender for our people. No, never gonna happen. No, I know. But, I mean, uh, um, in, real, in the real world, something like that might happen. You know, it's not in their DNA. Yeah, I can quote. Well, I mean, uh, their <laughs> blood will rain from the skies, or something. What was that quote? I get. I forget. Yeah, you're close. You're close. Yeah, like uh, they will. What, what was the other one? They will burn. <laughs> <laughs> no quarter or some nonsense yeah. after World War B. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, well, it's a lot of fancy rhetoric talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I made the uh, assessment a while ago that this was, and, and at least totally disagreed, so I'm probably wrong. But I was like, I think they want to deplatform mittens. And that means it's a fancy way of saying, like, shut him up. Basically, like take away his power base, make it hard for him to talk big because, you know, somebody who's this small just can't. And if you wither, wither down Imperium, uh, he loses that influence. Maybe his rhetoric changes. Maybe he becomes more diplomatic. Not that anybody would deal with him that doesn't want to deal with him now, but who knows? Like what a world looks like with when the 800 pound gorilla has lost 600 pounds, like and you don't see it as as the uh, as the uh, decider. Let's put a, a weird term to it um, of conflicts because that's one of the problems now. Right? Yeah, I mean the, the the thing is, you know, that the the whole like kind of test is next meme. I mean, the reality is that you know, oh, when uh, the coalition breaks up, Imperium's going to steamroll us, right? So. 
that's the whole purpose of this war, right? I mean, that sums it up, which is they, as an individual unit, can steamroll any one group in the server, right? Or used to be able it's to. clearly visible and, now, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, any kind of doubt, I mean, that's the reason for this, right? Like... We are pushing all of us gathered together and we are we had just ended a war with Winterco, right? We had just finished fighting them and we were fighting with Panfam as well. But it comes while we were all fighting amongst ourselves, you know, they were just getting bigger and stronger and, and, and richer. So we are fighting them to prevent them the ability to steamroll any one group. And it won't be over until that happens. Let's place, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the, the sensitive part of this whole thing. But do you think that the leader of the Imperium has been a good leader in terms of diplomacy, not for his own people? He's obviously very popular among his own people. Um, but in terms of diplomacy, working with others. I mean, I don't know who the worst diplomat in the game is, but uh, I'm sure he's sitting there right next to him. Like so not a his good diplomacy is—he's got the diplomacy of a goddamn hungry tiger. Like talking all this rhetoric, and then uh, guess what? The the music has stopped, and uh, now you're sitting alone, right? <laughs> you can't, you know, talk about burning everyone and talk all this nonsense, and then uh, you know. When the music stops, you're like looking for chairs. Well, I mean, he's been hiring, you know, some third party groups that have, you know, been doing stuff. And, but at the end, it's like, you know, uh, you kind of reap what you sow, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I see it too. That there's only one person whose uh, dip diplomatic skills got an in game item named after him, and it's not the Matonic. Well, sort Dragon. But, um, uh... Well, that, you know, his critics were, Sword Dragon's critics were, they backstabbed everybody all the time. And I think that's what that joke was, uh, because Falcon was making those items. And I think he's, he was kind of uh, poking at people. Uh, but I see it the same way as Ron, I think. I don't see a situation where everybody comes against your group. If you didn't manage your situation, um, better i guess like it, it, i kind of feel like there is a situation there is a scenario in my head where this war doesn't happen because you have managed diplomacy better or you have managed growth better or you have managed power hard power versus soft power better like uh you know or, yeah, or, or maybe not, you know, know love him or hate him uh you know, as far as diplomacy, Sword Dragon was one of the best, like, period. Um, I mean, you know, you hate everything that he does, but <laughs> as a diplomat, as like a politician, man, he <laughs> he pulled crazy moves out of crazy moves and, well, he, you know, he did, flipped he, around and backstabbed everyone well, and he has some, <laughs> did everything. I mean, he <laughs> probably had some fun doing it, but, but he also made some catastrophic fails. Um, you know, when he oh, went yeah. to war with Nully Segunda and his entire coalition fell apart because they were not going to follow him into war. I think that was Tess that basically said, that's your fight, not ours. Um, 
and also the the deal cut both ways it was a, it was could have been a stroke of genius but instead it ended up costing him his entire kingdom you know so it was uh i'm not saying he was a bad diplomat it's just he made really erratic moves and he was a very harsh if he didn't think you were worthy he was harsh on you and if you if he thought you were worthy he was like washing your feet so it was hot cold with him and a diplomat through and through <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe maybe but it was too public that was too visible if yeah. you're gonna do that you do that quietly i would assume it's not like i've ever been a diplomat doing stuff like that I, uh, actually i did negotiate uh I did negotiate the sparing of a keep star, which turned into the Tranquility Trade Center. I would like to put that out there because I always do one of my things. So not without... And that was a fun little story when you're keep star. There was like a little <laughs> bit of drama there. That was interesting. Yeah, it was fun. I actually got some of it on video. At some point, I'll release it, but I promise not to for a while because it was, you know, comms of a fleet. Oh, so. I'd like to see that, actually. I've never yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, like... I kept the logs and I kept the video of us picking up the, um, the keep star and, and what a calamity that was. Uh, and just how, how, what a, <laughs> like, like, uh, Goonswarm actually defended me. I was an NC dot, right? So they came in, they defended me while I picked up my keep star so that Ivana wouldn't take it or whoever else. Cause people were waiting for it. And, uh, it was Asher's fleet that came in and he's like, and he was super professional. I loved listening to him on comms. And he was like checking with me and checking with his group and checking with me. And it was, it was awesome being in his fleet. And I was just hearing the comms. We're the ones doing the operation, picking up this thing. And it was bugged out and we couldn't pick it up. Um, but you, the funny part was, as soon as they came in, as soon as that fleet came in and all this stuff comes in, these, you know, uh, goose, goose swarm fleets are messy. And, and they're like, you just hear him saying, don't, no, don't shoot the keep star. We're here to protect it. Don't shoot it. <laughs> First thing they do is come into a system, just start shooting. So it was it was funny to hear that uh, play out. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a dramatic. I moment. had the same experience with Asher working with him. Uh, you know, in the Winter War, he very professional. Like you know, all the guys were great. Like uh, you know, completely different than like the Reddit world or whatever. You know. Loved it. Uh, loved his help in game. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit brings out the worst in all of us. And the thing about Asher too is he's not just good for his fleet. He's uh, he has a pod had a podcast where he would talk about um, FC issues. I think he thought it was lacking, right? Like he wanted to talk nuts and bolts FCing issues, and all the talk shows at the time were us and you know let's talk about this and let's talk about that. And none of that had anything to do with his world. So he wanted to do something that was FC-based. And sometimes, well, he'd have guests on and he'd have really good discussions with them. And it was enough to, you know, you could understand what was going on. It wasn't too much jargon. But sometimes he wouldn't have a guest, I think at least once. And so he talked for one hour alone, just, uh, you know, it wasn't live, so it's a little bit easier, but... He literally did a show by himself just talking about FC issues, and it was a good show. That's hard to do. All right. Ron, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Gergen? Yeah, there's uh, one thing I'd like to point right, out about, about the metaluminal storms. That Well, the electrical metaluminal storm has been... It's been passing through Delve, so for the past week or so, it's been the second time uh, that it's passed through 
an area covering T5Z and 1DQ, and it actually passed into the 1DQ constellation recently after having uh, the two staging systems in its uh, area for a week or so. So we might see a period of several weeks when uh, no one will be able to cloak in uh, either staging system, which will make it harder to for the two sides to keep eyes on each other's staging keep stars. Okay, and this just in 10 minutes ago, a new keep star goes up in YTAC2. There you go. New keep star test just anchored it. Um, YTAC2 is uh, the regional gate from Fountain into Delve. Yep. And it was the the difficulty in taking down that keep star was it was why Ta- Pappy moved supers up to Fountain and in, in order to speed things up. Well, new keep star there, except this time it belongs to Test. So that is uh, a very very important system. That's a historical system. PL lost a ton of Titans there early on when Titans were a big big deal. Uh, and it's also been a border crossing that is incredibly important uh, between these uh, two regions, Fountain and, let's go to Universe, Fountain and Delve. We'll take a quick look at how that big that jump is. Let's see the Universe map. There it is. This this long arm here, that's that jump. So YTAC2 is right up here. It's the bottom part. And uh, oh, the keep star belongs to fed up, not test. So let's get that clear. Uh, fed up, not test. Put a keep star in YTAC 2. They're moving in, it looks like. So Fountain, I think, is uh, also uh, being reconquered now. Still, initiative is in there. Uh, I think uh, Siberian Squad is in there. They're an NPC Fountain, they're living out of an NPC station. And uh, we saw some information that they are not looking to conquer any Sov for the foreseeable future, but they will contest um, structures and even iHubs in the area. So we'll see what happens with Siberian Squad, but they're stuck in there as the place is being reconquered, it looks like. All right. Awesome. We have some breaking news as well that a bit over an hour ago, uh, uh, there was a Reddit post coming from, I believe it, it that I believe that Reddit account belongs to Noros. It's the same account that announced the uh, the super capital policy for extracting from Delve. That MTACO EE8 is now going to be a freeport complex that anyone will be able to dock in and use the industry structures there and you and live out of the Keepstar. Oh, wow. And that chains to a nearby low-set Keepstar, too, so you have a good path. Um, yeah, right it back into Lone Trek. Tazy, I think. Tazy, right. Tazy. Something like that, right? Wow. So that, wow. So if you ever wanted to live up north, you don't have to be beholden to any group you can actually just live in the keep star and well, uh, you do have to make sure 
not convince fraternity that they would want to cut your docky access. But well, that goes without saying, right? Um, but that's pretty cool. If you wanted to have your own deal, there's a free there's a free port um, in MTACO. That's that's very interesting news. Now that I believe belonged yeah. to NSH, so NSH must not have um, permanent access to it anymore for their own purposes. If this is being free ported, I wonder if they're involved or if they've been uh, if they've changed their mind about living there. Well, we'll have to find out. Yeah, and they and, and the the announcement does look they the the announcement of the Freeport complex lists the tax rate f- for all the s- structure services. Like I think Fraternity wants to make money off of people doing industry in there. Yeah, it's two percent uh, for market tax reprocessing, two percent manufacturing is ten percent. Uh, reactions 10% that's smart and cloning 100k those are all very reasonable Remember, yeah it's, those it's, are low i think they want yeah. to get a lot of people doing stuff in there so that it's a nice that's a that's a pretty good those are pretty good rates because it's not 10% of your overall job it's 10% of the system so uh it's actually usually end up being uh, the structure fees are usually quite cheap compared to the system the system, if it gets overcrowded and too many people are building that system, it becomes very expensive. Um, so we won't go into that now. We're done. We're a bit late. And it's time to go. Rundel, Gregorian, thanks for hanging out. No problem. Thank you. Fun night. Yeah. Chat was, was interesting. Yeah, well, it's Friday, so it was casual day. Uh, <laughs> but we did talk war and uh, gave you some history in there and uh, some breaking news there at the end that was uh, really great. That was kind of handy. Some more breaking news, just one second. <laughs> Let's just check in on this. It's Friday night, folks. Breaking news night. Oh, this in from Fraternity, that is a that is not uh, true. Let's see. Oh, Keepstar still owned by NSH. It won't be free ported. <laughs> only the Tatara and Satio will be free ported. Okay. So got that wrong. And I'm glad we were, uh, we did. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because Freeport Keepstar sounds like a bad idea, but that makes a lot more sense. Okay. So let's make that clear. Keepstar still belongs to NSH. Not a free port. You can't live in there. But you can use the facilities around. And this is not unlike uh, Eve Mogul, which has the Yeti brand of structures. And he had the same situation when PL owned MTECO. So it's the same situation as it was in 2018. All right. We're going to send you now to open comms where you can see some more lounge and talk with a great group of guys. Uh, Drayden's running that team. And I want to thank all you guys for hanging around with us. And Rundle, Gorin, thanks for sticking around. Tiberius was here earlier. And Ron came to visit us, which was awesome. Thank you guys very much. Okay, we will see you Sunday for the weekend report on Talking in Stations.